Good afternoon, everyone. If you're hearing my voice, then that means it's Wednesday, and this is another episode of 20 Minutes of Your Time. Today, we have a super interesting topic that every single person that is listening to this is going to know that they can relate to. Today, I have a very, very special guest with me, Dr. Zakia Akarele, who is an author, a third-generation educator who holds degrees from Florida A&M University, Columbia University, and Fordham University. Dr. Akarele teaches people how to repurpose their education, control their career, and gain financial freedom. So help me welcome our special guest to the podcast, Dr. Zakia Akarele. Dr. Akarele, how are you doing today? I'm well, and yourself? I'm doing very good. This conversation about really taking control of our careers and using our not only our education, but also the skills that we bring to the job is super important for me. And I know this is going to be an important conversation to people that are recently graduated, still in college, going to college, and even people who have graduated, you know, 10 to 15 years ago. So I really wanted to say thank you for giving us 20 minutes of your time today. Thank you for having me. You're very welcome. So, um, and again, for the people that have seen this podcast, I always start because I think it's important for us to kind of know the background of the people that we're bringing on. So can you tell us a little bit about your career path and then what led you to speaking about how to repurpose your career and how to control your career? Yes. Yeah, so um, as you mentioned, I'm a third generation educator, um, but I was not uh, in this field initially, or shall I say, it wasn't my intention to become an educator. I had aspirations to become an attorney. Uh, I started college. Um, I'm a millennial, right? Uh, so started college in a time where everybody was told you had to go to college. You know, uh, a high school diploma was not looked at as something that would help you to um, become successful in the career world. So um, I went to school hoping to become an attorney, ended up changing or shifting uh, my trajectory into higher education. Um, I majored initially in political science, minored in music, went to school on a music uh, scholarship, um, but wanted to do law upon not doing really well on the LSATs. Um, I realized that I had a different passion and I didn't want to try to go to law school again, you know. Um, typically, I'm not a person that gives up, but at this point, I said, you know what, I really need to revisit what I want to do in, in, in life. Um, and I wanted to become a professor. That was my ultimate goal. So I went on to get two master's degrees and a PhD, um, thinking that after I graduated that I would just walk into a professor role. <laughs> and that was not the case for me. Um, in 2010 is when I finished my last degree, my fourth degree which was the PhD and we were coming out of a recession and there were not a lot of jobs in my field um, because my field is not high demand. I have a background in the humanities, particularly in religious education, studying world religions and how they impact, you know, how culture impacts things and doing um, social justice and inter, um, interfaith and interconflict resolution and things like that. So it wasn't really like, oh, <laughs> a lucrative career would have come out of that. I mean, you can, figure out how to flip it. But just walking into jobs was not easy in that, with that background. I ended up being unemployed for a while. Um, and then when I was employed, I was extremely underemployed. And I found that I was not alone in that. So a lot of uh, people who were my peers, colleagues, friends, they also did not find work in their field. And no matter what, if they went to the top Ivy League school as I did, 
um, or, you know, whatever. They just weren't finding work. And I like swore to myself, was like, okay, if I figure a way out of this, I will help others. <laughs> and um, I said, you know what, I'm looking at applying or I'm looking at entering into the job market in the wrong way. Like I'm doing it the same way everybody else is doing it. How can I do it differently? Um, and so I started to look for roles that were not in my field, not in my industry, but I could do because I had the skills or talents or I had some type of assets that I could bring value that I could bring that just a normal candidate could not bring. And that's what opened the door for me to get a role in a position in an industry and for a company that was so far different from what I had studied, but I was capable of doing and actually excelled in. So after that, um, I ended up subsequently getting my dream job as a professor, but um, noticing my students were also experiencing joblessness and underemployment when they graduated, I decided to kind of start doing workshops or mentorships with them to help them. And that's kind of where, what led me down to this road. There's a lot of key information in that. And so just because you have a degree doesn't mean that you're going to get the job that you're looking for, that you're gonna necessarily step directly from school to that industry. So in your opinion, why aren't degrees providing opportunities that they are um, promising to students like when they first sign up for these colleges and these universities? Because um, to be honest with you, many degrees are devalued. Um, so a lot of parents tell, they just say, go to school, get an education, get a degree, get a job. Um, many people don't look at what their child or even the, the student themselves, what they're majoring in, what kind of return, they don't look at it as, this is one of the biggest, aside from a house, this is one of the biggest financial decisions you will make, right? Because you're paying for it and it's not cheap typically. Um, and most people have to take out student loans. So you're going into debt, hoping to get a financial return from your investment. And many um, degrees that people are getting are not worth it. Um, and there's just a devaluing of the degree because so many people are now, you know, everybody heard, hey, you better get a degree or you're not going to get a job. So, so many people now are getting degrees and access has increased too. Um, that now, you know, when, when it, the market, it, it becomes so oversaturated that now the value of them is diminished. So you have that, you have people who are not getting degrees that are worth it, right? So they're, they're getting, they're studying things that won't translate into the job market or they don't know what they, you know, want to do and be, which is another challenge. Asking somebody at 17, 18 years old to decide what their whole career life will be. Like there's some people who know, but not many people do. So that's another thing. So now you have people going to get uh, graduate degrees that may not even be worth the, um, the investment as well. A lot of jobs are using the degree as a weeding out factor to hiring people when they're not increasing the salary, nor are they increasing like the different responsibilities for the job. So, you know, what, what a degree was worth uh, many years ago, it may not be worth now. So that's one major um, issue with why it's not offering uh, what people expect it to offer. When we send students to school, particularly for students who are first generation um, college students, they're just told go to school, get the degree, get the job. There's not really a roadmap. It's like a random like 
plot of points on, on a graph almost, it kind of seems like. And mm -hmm. I heard this statement before, and I would like to get your opinion on this statement. Somebody once told me the value of college is not in the coursework you learned in the classroom, but in the opportunities that you are provided at that college. So how would you respond to that statement? I would say that's definitely key, right? I, I'm a firm believer in, in it's not what you know, but who you know, because a lot of what you know, you can learn on the internet, getting the full benefit of higher education. I would very much so focus on building connections, whether it's through my peers at school, because you never know who's connected to who. Um, also tapping into the alumni network. I would say that those things hold more value than what you're learning, particularly if you're doing degrees in what we would consider soft fields like the humanities and certain social sciences that won't give you that financial return. Because with that, at least once you graduate, you can tap into your network. You can tap into the opportunities and resources available um, that may open doors for you in your industry, but even outside of your industry. But if you're just solely relying on the piece of paper, oh, I have a BA in fine arts or whatever, psychology, and you know that when you graduate, what job are you going to get? Right, that's not enough to give you the opportunities. And I don't think that many students realize that because I've talked to so many students who think, oh, I'm gonna graduate and give me a job. That's not how it works. The opportunities that your institution provides are if not equally valuable or even more valuable, they hold so much weight. One thing about um, when I was in school, though internships were not required, I made sure that I found opportunities in connection to my field while I was there. So I would seek out research roles that were related to this, or I would seek out jobs um, that may have even been part-time, maybe didn't pay the best, but that would help me build my resume. You have to do it on your own. Schools, universities, colleges are businesses, right? So their job is to get you in, get your money, whether it's through student loans or out of pocket and get you up out of there. If you don't take the initiative, nobody's holding your hand because you're an adult at this point, right? Unfortunately, and, and this is what blew my mind and I even put that in my book, Dump Your Degree. You know, most people go to college because they want to get a job afterwards. But in talking to uh, individuals in higher education, like chairs of education department, meeting with other people who are in higher education administration, undergrad in particular is not for you to get a job. It's to teach you knowledge about a particular subject. So on the university's end, though they may post statistics about, oh, this many grads, you know, were employed after graduation, their main goal is to educate you. It is not a vocational school that, you know, hopes to teach you a particular skill um, that you go out and then now you, you know, you get a job in that related area. It is up to you to do that. Now, I do wish that more schools were more entrepreneurial based, no matter what a student majors in, meaning teaching students skills that they can use to either start a business or that can translate into the job market, even if they majored in something, you know, that is completely non-relevant to business or, you know, the workforce. Because people don't, they don't know how to um, navigate the job market after they graduate. But there's a large disconnect between that and what schools are offering. So if, if schools had programs in place where, um, 
students were able to access no matter what their major was, how can, you know, we have career centers, but I'm talking about how do they develop themselves as business owners or um, whatever in the job market out after college and made it mandatory because while career centers are there, they're not mandatory. You don't have to go to a career center, right? Um, and, and, and no offense to people who work in career centers, many of them have not started, most of them have not started their own business. Most of them are not entrepreneurs. Many of them um, may not have the knowledge on how to uh, work in the field that you aspire to be in, right? They're there just to maybe help you with resume and interviewing and those basic skills. But to have something in the curriculum where anybody who, who attends the university or the college can tap into those resources to help them along the way, I think that those things should be mandatory if you're taking people's money and, and with their hopes of getting a job afterwards. Part of the way that schooling sometimes is phrased is it's an investment. You're going to take out, you know, fifty to sixty thousand dollars. You're going to invest it in your future. But really, when we say invested into our future, what do we mean by that? Like, am I investing this in order for me to do this on my own? In order for me to, you know, lift myself out of poverty or to, to be able to employ myself? Or am I just giving the school money and then making really like a, um, a blind investment in something I don't know how that's going to work out? And that's really a perfect transition into the title of your book, "Dump Your Degree." So. Once you have this degree and you're in the job field and, you know, you feel like, because I think oftentimes people feel like they're boxed into what their degree says, what's on that piece of paper. How can you, you know, for that phrase, how can you dump your degree and then use your, your skills and your resources to create the career and control the career that you would like to have? What I, what I had to do is to ignore the degrees I had in order to get jobs when I first graduated with my doctorate. I was so focused on having tunnel vision, I'm going to become professor today. And that's not how it worked, right? So I had to say, okay, forget about the degrees that I have. What are my skills? What are my talents? Who do I know that can create or, or open opportunities for me that may not be in my field, but that would be meaningful, right? As far as my career, helping me to develop my career. So that's what I mean by dump your degree. I don't mean you need to get rid of it but think about it in a different way or sometimes put it on the back burner and focus on the other skills, talents and everything you, else you have. Times are shifting and changing and evolving always. So when you have, a, you might have a degree in something and the value of that particular field or the, a degree in that particular field might be diminishing. What are you going to do in 20 years if that whole you know, job field is gone? You have to focus on developing yourself holistically. And, and looking at the skills, talents, and connections that you have. That would be my key thing to tell people. Don't have that tunnel vision saying, I have a degree in, you know, marketing. I must be in marketing. Or only looking at it in a particular field or a aspect of a particular field. Expand your thought. Um, for me, it was ignoring that I had a PhD in religious studies because who needs that as, aside from people who are studying that in college and need professors to teach them that. Outside of that, nobody really needs that. Just, I'm just going to be honest, it's my degrees, but that's just the reality. But what skills did I have from um, being a pr professor, or not professor, but having a PhD? I had excellent research and analytical skills. What, uh, at, what skills did I have from my background, not only in higher education, but jobs that I had throughout that time? 
was building connections through community resources and doing, like I said, the interfaith conflict resolution, knowing people at, you know, work, having worked with individuals at the United Nations or da 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 And maybe I didn't find a job right in line with my, uh, my field, but I found a job that could use those assets that I had already obtained. So that's how I would tell people to look at it. Don't just look at what you have a degree in, but look at all of the experiences and skills and all of that that you've acquired and how can you repurpose those things to get a job that is meaningful, that can help you to e expand your career and evolve it in some way. Right. So like currently right now, I work with high school seniors in the city of Baltimore. And then as we're helping transition them from high school seniors to adults and college students, a lot of things that they tell me is, well, you know, I only worked at, you know, uh, maybe a cashier. I've only worked at a fast food restaurant. How do these skills benefit me in the long run? Because they kind of view themselves as their job title. But then we kind of break it down. Like, no, you know how to do customer service because you know how to talk to people. You know how to think on your feet because, you know, there could be a customer that needs something. You know how to, you know, disseminate that information really, really quickly. You know how to write emails for students that work maybe in an office setting, but they, they was, you know, like a, um, an intern where they was able to do stuff like that. So I really wanted them to understand that you have to sell yourself to the jobs. Again, there's a million and one people looking for jobs, right? And even more than that, you have to be able to stand out and then kind of make sure that you are at the top of the line. So when a, a job sees your resume or sees your cover letter, even when they interview you, they should walk away saying, this is the person I want to hire because this person has so many skills and so much knowledge and resources that they're going to be a value to my team. Right. Before we let you go, so there's a couple of things I wanted to do. And one thing I really want to do is, is give them kind of like an insight or a preview to your book. So I was looking through the different chapters. And so I don't want to give away too much. So I'm going to look at two things because the book is split into the do's and the don'ts. And we're going to start with the don'ts first. So the first chapter is don't listen to your parents. And what I like about the chapters are the titles of them really jump out. So when you say that, because again, some people are not going to hundred percent understand that. So can you explain the context behind that that title and what do you mean and what are students, you know, um, or what are readers going to get across when they read that chapter? So I titled it Don't Listen to Your Parents because um, of personal experience as a student and my mom, even though she had the best intentions, gave me some advice that landed me in student loan debt. <laughs> um, and she's read the book, she's understanding. Um, but, you know, I mentioned in that chapter how I was in graduate school in New York City, uh, the expenses were high. And while I had some scholarships, I, my undergrad was mostly paid for through scholarships and things, but graduate school was not as much. I did have some, but it didn't cover everything. And I asked my mom, hey, you know, could, should I take out this extra loans? And she was like, yeah, sure, you'll get a job afterwards. Not really sitting down with me and saying, okay, let's look at, let's analyze this, right? Mm -hmm. um, what is the likelihood of you getting a job? What would be your potential uh, income? And this, that, and the third, like really analyzing if you take out this much, what can you expect from that investment? The same way you would do with a house, with a car, with anything, right? And then the other part of why I named it that is because as a professor, I have had some really amazing students who were so entrepreneurially minded. Um, they had a real talent for being business owners. They had already started in that. And their parents, or even if they were artists, right? I've had a lot of musicians, poets, creatives come through my my classroom um, because I taught 
courses that most people took for their elective or their humanities credit. So I would get people from different majors. Um, and then their parents were very discouraging, thinking that um, the work that they were doing, like their creative stuff um, or their business endeavors were not valuable. They wanted them to find uh, or just to focus on school and get degrees. And I'm like, those degrees alone are not gonna, gonna help them uh, in the long run. You know, you should encourage their creative skills. You should encourage them to be entrepreneurs so that they don't have to solely rely on getting a job. So I say that to say that a lot of times parents, they give advice, but it may not be the best advice because one, they might not have gotten a degree or even if they did, times, like I said, have evolved. So their knowledge or information might be outdated. Also, they might not have gotten a degree in the field that you're aspiring to get into, right? So are they the best to advise you? Even myself, I'm not the best to advise each and every major. I advise, you know, certain things that I have a background or knowledge in. So um, parents like to think that they know it all, but they don't. I'm a parent too. So I can say that, you know, if there's somebody better to mentor a child, then that is who should mentor them. So I advise students to get a mentor that knows the field, the industry that they want to get into and that can give them better advice and not be biased um, and not want to push them into a direction that um, the parent wants them to go in. Something that will be meaningful and fulfilling for them, but also um, that has the best return on investment and benefit for the student. So that's my main reason for uh, writing or titling that chapter as such. All right. And then another chapter that jumped out to me, and this is from now the do's, is start socializing. And mm -hmm. I think we kind of touched upon um, the importance of networking and then also having a mentor. But I think so many times that message is blasted at students, start socializing, socialize, network. But when they hear that, to them, it sounds very general because from us as adults, we know what that is. We know what it looks like. But for younger people that kind of hear that, they may not know what to do, what that means, or kind of how they can start to socialize and how they could build that network. So what is your advice for people that are either in school or maybe they have just graduated recently when it comes to socializing and networking? So a lot of times, you know, students don't really, they, you know, they're focusing on who's around them in their peer group. Um, and they don't think that they are at the level to maybe reach out to professionals, right? Via maybe LinkedIn or alumni groups, as I mentioned before, or however they engage or, or can interact or can connect, whether it's tweeting somebody in your field, right? Everybody's on social media. Like I said, students mostly focus on who's around them, who's at their college, um, and then, okay, once I graduate, then I'll go looking for a job. But you need to start socializing now even before you even need anything, right? Because when people start to know who you are, when you do need something, they've already gotten familiar with you. Maybe you've provided value or you've showcased your talent or skills in some type of way where when it's time you've graduated or maybe before you graduated, you need an internship or what have you, you've already built meaningful connections where you can reach out to someone and they would be more apt to provide help or assistance to you, right? So, and also don't, um, don't diminish the value someone holds simply because you may not think um, they are where they need to be. For example, I have had students who I mentor connect me to people who I needed to reach out to as far as to, to help enhance my career. 
And that's because while, while your peer, your friend next to you may not be in their field, they may have an uncle, auntie, cousin, you never know, right? Tap into asking, hey, this is letting people know, hey, this is what I'm aspiring to be. You never know who, oh, that, you know, I have a godfather that works for such and such. Oh, can you connect me to him? Can I know if, can you let me know if there's internships available or if can I shadow or do an apprenticeship? You just never know who is who. So don't just think, oh, I'm in school to study. After I get my degree, then I'll start the networking and all of that. No, do it before you even finish. Look out on your social network, social media network and put yourself out there. I have even assisted I love to connect with um, current college students when I see them on sites like LinkedIn. Anything that I can do to add value to their lives, I do it. If there's anybody that I can connect people to, I do it. Because I love to see when people who are not even near graduating are already thinking about how can I get myself out there now to get ahead of the crowd. So that's exactly what I mean by start socializing. Thank you so much for coming on to the podcast. So before we shift into the final segment, I know that your book, we already talked about a dump your degree, but where else can people find you if they want to know more information, or if they want to look up um, all the wonderful different talking points that you have given us today? Yes, I am on LinkedIn, as I mentioned. Uh, my name is Zakia Akarele. Um, I'm on TikTok, Zakia Akarele, as well as Instagram and Facebook with the same name, Zakia Akarele. And um, I'm also, I can also be found at ZakiaAkarele.com. All right. Thank you so much. So now we're going to turn it over to my favorite and the final segment of the show, which is called the final minute. So the final minute is where I turn it over to you and you're going to speak directly to the audience and our um, final thoughts on how to control and develop your career. Okay. So <laughs> that's a, that's, we, that would take longer than a minute, but the <laughs> thing, thing I would say is to find what you enjoy. I, that if, if, if you don't take away anything else, but to find what you enjoy, of course, there will be times where you might have to work jobs just to make ends meet, but don't allow that to be your, your life, right? Um, always plan ahead for whatever goal you want to reach. Keep that in mind and focus on that. Don't, you know, a lot of times people say, oh, it's hard out here, the job, you know, the, the job market is, is hard or this is harder. Don't focus on the negatives. Always look for the solutions. Like I say, don't dwell on what doesn't work. Create what does. Everybody, and I mean everybody, has the opportunity to create the reality that they want and to create opportunities for their career and their lives in general as they want. So don't just um, be okay or complacent with what you have. Focus on how you can create opportunities from the skills you have, the talents you have, the people you know, the things you know, um, so that you can have a life that is meaningful, a career that is meaningful, and that you also enjoy. Thank you so much, Dr. Akarele, and thank you for the audience of 20 minutes of your time. This has been a wonderful episode. Please make sure that you rate us on all the uh, social media and all the platforms. This is Anchor FM, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at 20 minutes of your time. Thank you guys. And we will see you next Wednesday.